Welcome to the TCU Chi Alpha podcast, where we share sermons, interviews, and other resources that encourage and challenge students as they follow Jesus on campus. Hello. Um, so for some of you who don't know me, this is my first year here at TCU on Chi Alpha staff. So I kind of feel like a freshman. So for the other freshmen in the room, even though I'm 23, I bond with you greatly because I'm very new here. Um, I joined Chi Alpha staff this year after getting um, my undergraduate degree at a small school in Louisiana called Nichols State. I was a student athlete there, got involved in Chi Alpha, gave Jesus my life, and now I'm here. Um, But I have a question for y'all today, and I was wondering if any of you um, had your parents dress you this morning cool. That's the answer I was expecting. Um, So that was a decision that y'all made this morning, what you were going to wear. And congratulations, you're all fully clothed. So one good decision made today. Maybe another decision you made was what you were going to eat for lunch. Did you go to Chick-fil-A or the Blue? Maybe trekked all the way to KFC? And then once you got there, you know, nuggets or a chicken sandwich, you made that decision too. And as you are stepping in to this college life, I'm sure you're going to have a lot more decisions to make. You know, not only are your parents not dressing you anymore, but they might not be telling you where to go at 10 p.m. Like you don't have a curfew anymore. Or they might not be telling you what to do on the weekends or what classes to take, all these things. You get to make those decisions and it's awesome Um, But I think as Christians, uh, it's beautiful that God allows us to make decisions. Um, He has laws. Um, Andrew taught us that um, God's laws are reality, so it's important to follow them. But there's a lot of things that aren't thou shalt not, dot, dot, dot. So we get to make those decisions, and God wants to lead us in that. So before we get to the nitty-gritty, I want y'all to all take a minute. Everybody pull out your phone or if you have a notebook and a pen and think about maybe a decision that you need to make, whether it's this week, this semester, this year. And I want you to just write it down so that after we have this discussion, you and God can talk about it. And you can decide, maybe he'll give you a clear answer of a decision you need to make. Um, No one's going to see it. We're not going to ask you to (laughs) share it after service. It's just between you and God. But um, it'd be cool to just look back on it later tonight. So I'll give you all a second. And I apologize in advance if the Holy Spirit convicts you. (laughs) Okay, if you're still typing, continue. If you're still thinking... Please keep thinking, but um, I think with this decision-making and turning to God in the Bible of, okay, God, what do you want me to do? We ask ourselves, well, why does it matter what God wants me to do? Isn't it my life, my decision? Um, But I think if we trust in the Lord, we can trust in his plan for us. Um, God knows past, present, and future, and he loves us unconditionally. Um, so he's a, he's a trustworthy person. Um, I really like this quote that says, if God is holy, then he can't sin. If God can't sin, then he can't sin against me. If he can't sin against me, shouldn't that make him the most trustworthy being there is? 
God is trustworthy, and even though it's hard sometimes, I think um, we can trust him to help us make our decisions, um, not only small things, but really big things, because um, he cares about the things that we care about, and he loves you and wants what's best for you. So sometimes in life, I very quickly turn to the people around me for guidance, and I'm sure you guys do too, and that's a really good thing. But what would it look like if not only we asked our parents for advice or our best friend for advice, but the most trustworthy being there ever was for advice? So we're going to go through this principle of decision-making. I did not come up with this. It was taught to me by my life group leader um, a few years ago, and I have used it ever since to make decisions in my life. So Alicia's gonna pass out some papers just to kind of help y'all follow along, but also, okay, maybe you don't have a huge decision you need to make tonight. Maybe you have a huge decision you need to make in a few weeks or something comes up. You can look back at this paper and kind of just make room for the Holy Spirit to lead you through these questions and show you which way to go. The verses that we're going to be in today all come from 1 Corinthians, so it's really easy. If you ever need to make a decision, just turn your Bible to 1 Corinthians and you'll figure something out. I mean, it's the Word of God, but um, here Paul is talking to the Corinthian church, and specifically in this first verse we're going to look at, 1 Corinthians 6, 12, Paul is quoting some of the people in the area that were saying, all things are lawful for us, like we can, we can do whatever we want. And Paul corrects them and says, okay, all things are lawful for me, but not all things are helpful. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be dominated by anything. So the first question we want to ask is, is this good for me? Is it beneficial to me? You know, kind of what are the pros and cons? Um, is this thing good for me spiritually? Is it going to help my walk with the Lord? Is it good for me mentally? Does doing this thing cause me a lot of anxiety or lead me to depression? Is it good for me physically? Is it going to, you know, harm your body? <laughs> and can it control me? Paul says, I will not be dominated by anything. And when we're thinking about decisions we're making, if there's something that can control you, that means that God is not in control. And we want to give God the ability to be in control because he's trustworthy. So the question is, is it habit forming? Or what kind of habits does it form in me? What kind of trajectory does it set you on? Like, where are you going? Is there a ripple effect? What's going to happen after I do blank? There's consequences to the things we do. Maybe the thing might not seem like a big deal at first, but there are consequences to our actions. Um, so for me personally, I faced this question um, a few years back when I was watching a popular TV show called The Bachelor. And if you watch that show, no hate because I, I still love it. But I do not watch it anymore because I asked this question to myself, is this good for me? And I found myself sitting around with all my friends on Monday night, and we'd be like, oh my gosh, look at Lindsay in her outfit. Oh, she looks, she's never going to get that man. Or, oh, she's terrible. She's always talking trash. Like, no one even likes her. And as I'm sitting around having a good time on Monday night, I started to realize 
that the people on the television screen are actual people. And even though the producers make it kind of funny and yeah, maybe reality TV shows are scripted, I was not talking nicely <laughs> about these girls I saw on my television screen. And I quickly found out that I was not talking very kindly about the people in my own life too, that the same friends I would watch The Bachelor with on Monday nights, we were talking crap about other girls on our volleyball team at lunch on Tuesday. And <laughs> I was faced with this conviction that God told me, hey, you're gossiping and you need to stop. And it's coming from this TV show. Is watching The Bachelor a sin? No, it's not. But gossiping is. And it was creating a habit of talking poorly about people, having a judgmental attitude in me. So it's something that I just had to cut out of my life. The next verse we're going to look at um, is Paul talking to the church of Corinth. And it's specifically surrounding food, because that was a big area of separation between the Jews and the Gentiles. Um, the Christian believers, because some grew up with a church background of, hey, we don't eat stuff sacrificed to idols. And other people grew up with a church background of no church, so they didn't really care what they ate. <laughs> um, but now, since they're all one in Christ, Paul is talking to them about like, hey, we can't really argue over this. We have to figure it out. So in 1 Corinthians 8, verses 9 through 13, it says, Be careful, however, that your freedom does not become a stumbling block to the weak. For if someone with a weak conscience sees you who are well-informed eating in an idol's temple, will he not be encouraged to eat food sacrificed to idols? So this weak brother for whom Christ died is destroyed by your knowledge. By sinning against your brothers in this way and wounding their weak conscience, you sin against Christ. Therefore, if what I eat causes my brother to stumble, I will never eat meat again, so that I will not cause him to stumble. So I don't think here Paul is telling us to become vegetarians. I think he is instructing us to ultimately love one another, but care for our brother. It says, if, I, if what I eat causes my brother to stumble, I will never eat meat again. He does not want his brother or sister in Christ to sin. And even though for him, who cares what kind of meat you eat? For his friend, that was a conviction he had. He was raised in the Jewish culture that told him, I'm not supposed to eat meat sacrificed to idols. So we ask this question, does what I'm doing encourage someone to do something he or she thinks is wrong? Am I causing someone else to stumble or sin? What is the ripple effect for those around me? How is this going to hurt my friends? So it would kind of be like, if now, after I told you I can't watch The Bachelor, you invited me over to your house and said, oh my gosh, let's all watch The Bachelor. I'd be like, girl, I just told you I can't watch this show. You don't want to... I guess, enable other people to sin against their convictions. Um, so for me in this life, um, it came at me like a truck um, when I started to talk to God about drinking alcohol. Um, I never had a huge issue with alcohol. I never drank to drown out my feelings. I had, I would say after I was saved, I had a very healthy relationship with alcohol. I would 
drink a glass of wine with my parents at dinner. I was over the age of 21. If I looked at the previous list of, is it good for me? I'd say, yeah, like, it's fine. I'm not sinning. I am in the clear. But I started to realize how my actions were affecting those around me. Um, And specifically with some of the girls I would hang out, as I would maybe have one drink, they'd say, oh, Lydia, she's a life group leader. She's a Christian. And I think that means I can have seven drinks. And even though I never verbally expressed that to those people, and maybe that's not what they were thinking, that was the conviction in my heart. Now I'm about to get married next month, and my fiancé Parker has made the decision for him to not drink alcohol, to be completely sober. And because I love him, I'm going to walk that with him. You know, I don't want to go out with Parker on a date and be like, I know you're not choosing to drink, but I'm going to have a margarita. Like, (laughs) I love him enough to choose not to make him stumble. I love him enough, like Paul says, um, to not eat the meat. Like, it's just, it's not worth it to me. Would it be nice every now and then? Yeah, maybe. But I just, I don't care that much. I, I love Parker more. I love my friends around me more. So that's my personal conviction. I'm not telling y'all to have the same thing, but maybe think about it. How is it, how are the decisions you make affecting those around you? And then the last um, verse we're talking about tonight is 1 Corinthians 10, 31. And it says, so whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all to the glory of God. And maybe a decision that you make, like, you're going through these questions. Like, it's not a sin. It's not something terrible. But God doesn't only want to tell us what not to do. He wants to lead us and guide us in what to do. So maybe the decision you have to make is, what's my major going to be? What career am I going to have after graduation? Should I date this guy or girl? And I think this is really where um, the Holy Spirit can guide us when we ask, does it glorify God? What's my motive? Why do I want to do this thing? Does it hurt my reputation or Jesus's reputation? Am I going to glorify God through my actions? Um, In 2 Corinthians, Paul's next letter to the same church, um, in chapter 5, verse 20, he says, We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. And that's actually where Chi Alpha gets its name from, if you ever knew that, um, from the words Christ's ambassadors, because we represent Jesus. We want to represent him well. Um, I don't know if you've ever experienced church hurt or people who said they were Christians not treating you very well, and it it stings a little bit worse when it's a Christian because you know they're supposed to represent Christ and Christ doesn't act like that. So I don't think that this verse is calling us to be completely perfect, but I think it is calling us to represent Christ well and asking God, hey, how can I represent you well today? How can I represent you well in this decision? And the toughest part for me in this when asking, okay, God, how am I going to glorify you, is not how can I add God into what I'm already doing, but how can I glorify him the way he wants to be glorified? 
I think in my life, um, once I surrendered to Christ and said, okay, you can have my life, whatever you want, I'll do it, but I want to do this, and I'll just make it Christian. (laughs) And I decided, okay, well, I'm a business major, and now I love Jesus, so I'll just be a Christian business major, and I'll do everything I wanted to do in marketing, and I'll climb the corporate ladder, and I'll say it's all for the glory of God. And if I had done that, like, praise God, like, I'm sure it would have been fine. But that's not how God wanted to be glorified in my life. He doesn't want it to be added in. He wants to be the focus, the main thing. So I think when we're making our decisions, we have to ask God, how do you want to be glorified in this? And for my life personally, God called me to campus missions. Will I do this forever? Who knows? But right now, in this moment, it's how I know God wants me to glorify him. And this model, this piece of paper you have, um, it's not supposed to make things harder. (laughs) It's supposed to make things easier. Um, When we're asking God for guidance, I promise you, he's not trying to be tricky or confuse you, even though sometimes it, it really does feel like that, and I feel for you. But if we... Give God the space, give God the time, and we open our hands and say, you can have what I have. I think he is faithful to give us answers and to guide us. I think the Holy Spirit is faithful to answer every single question y'all wrote in your phones tonight. And maybe you don't hear an answer right away. I think seeking after the Lord, it builds faith within us. Um, and it can challenge us to grow closer to God, and maybe we won't get our answer for a while, but he does give answers, and he does want to speak to you, and he's trustworthy, so I think we can trust him with leading us. Thank you for listening today. We'd love to connect with you beyond this podcast. If you want more information about TCU Chi Alpha, visit tcuxa.com. God bless, and go Frogs.